Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Please note that this episode contains depictions of self-harm and suicide. For something a little less heavy, please feel free to check out one of our other episodes. Frozen, Frozen, heroes, gonna tell you about Frozen, Frozen, heroes, gonna tell you about comic books, costumes, facts, and other stuff. In this week's issue, Mr. Miracle, part one. Welcome to Bros, Foes, and Heroes. I'm Zach, joined as always by the miraculous, miraculous, miraculous. Oh, yeah. Or the mackerel. Mackerelous. Mr. Mind. I'm mackerel-less. Mackerel-less. I don't have any mackerels. You don't have, he doesn't, he no mackerels. mackerels. No mackerels at uh, all. But I'm Zach. That's Mike. Hello. And this is Bros, Foes, and Heroes. Hey. Um, we are getting into... He says that because I don't often know where I'm at. Yeah. yeah. No, I do it more for sure. Mike's sake as yeah. much as anybody else's. Yeah. Uh, it's for people just Gentle tuning into reminder. the podcast. Yeah. yeah. It's people who are just tuning into the podcast for the mm-hmm. first time mm-hmm. so they know the name of the show. And then also, turn my Mike where he's at. Yeah. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, we are getting into it's a big day. Today. It is a big day. Yeah, because this is like your favorite thing. This is my favorite thing ever. Yeah. And I've been pushing yeah. it for a long time. I've like teasing it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to get into it. And I thought it would be, it's a whole 12 issue series. Um, this Iron Man? Is, is that what we're doing? Iron Man? <laughs> yeah, right. Iron Man. It okay. kind of looks like it. Sure. No, uh, Mr. Miracle, we covered a lot. It's a character that Jack Kirby created after he left Marvel for DC. Yeah. But the one. Just like anything else, uh, especially with comic book characters, there's different iterations and different versions of a character. Uh, Mr. Miracle, while Kirby's Mr. Miracle was different than, oh, Steve Englehart's Mr. Miracle or than the Mr. Miracle that they brought back in the late 80s and early 90s. And there's been a couple different series. The one that means the most to me and that I love is 2017's series by Tom King and Mitch Jarrods, or Jarrods, who the art in this is great. And the story of it is very deep and very serious while still having moments of that I think are absolutely hilarious. And it's just a great book all the way through. So I thought at one time I had heard that they were making a Mr. Miracle movie. So they were working on a new gods movie that Ava Uh, DuVernay was supposed to direct. The only one I could find was this Christmas movie called Mr. Miracle. It was on Hallmark. she She was supposed to do a new gods movie. And Big Barda and Scott Free and all of them were going to be in that since they're part Got of the gods. Yeah. Um, but I think that was on that's on hold or it might have been canceled altogether. This is Harry, an inexperienced guardian angel, arrives on Earth and after ignoring the advice of his celestial advisor, jumps straight into his first, and that's where it stops. I'm just going to assume relationship of some sort. I don't know. It, it was Hallmark. Yeah. Um, but what this is, is it's the, I think it actually went through 2017, 2018. 
It's a 12 issue miniseries to yeah. tell the whole story. And I love these more than anything else because you do get a complete story in those 12 issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we'll do just to make it oh, weird, really this, this covers an entire arc. This covers the yeah. entire story here. Oh, cool. And that's the beauty of it is we're going to get start, middle and end of the story. Mm. We'll see that there could be more to the story, obviously, when we get there. But at least for the story they want to tell, it's all, you know, told yeah. here in this. And that's kind of how I like it. And I love um, I know a lot of people are, it seems to be either love Tom King or hate Tom King. I'm a huge fan. Uh, Mitch Gerard's art in this is just, our well, Gerard's would... is just absolutely fantastic too. And there's things that they did to just make this so easily accessible to, even if you're not somebody who's really into comics. Um, why would people hate too. Tom King? I just don't think that they like, there's some things that he does with characters in here mm. that, the best way I can put it is, you know, those sports guys that get way too serious about stuff. Yeah. Mainly like baseball purists in a way of where sure. it's like, you know, sure. oh, he shouldn't stare down that home run. That's not yeah. how things yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think people get in their heads how they think characters are supposed to be. I got you. And when somebody goes away from that, or maybe even there's sure. something in there that's a little jokey that's meant to be in there for a reason. They just don't like it not being handled with the seriousness yeah. they perceive yeah. for it to be. I and think that's where some of it from this book comes with, but yeah. And it's still a comic book. People I mean, did not like his run on, on Batman. That's true. Yeah. Um, but was there ever a crossover with the mayonnaise? Nothing. I know of miracle, <laughs> miracle whip. No, I hate miracle. Just, whip. I do too. I can't stand it. Um, but so it's got a tang. Yeah. Cause it's bad. That's why it's got uh, a tang. But instead of making this just like one giant two and a half hour issue, yeah. our uh, episode of our podcast, I figured I'd just break it down. This is what we're covering for the month of January. So we should we'll start calling them each, issues. Yeah. I like uh, that. Uh, instead of yeah. episodes on this like issue. That. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Um, so we'll cover issues one through three of Mr. Miracle on today's show. Um, the beauty of it, what I have here is it did come out in single issues while right. they are printing it. Right. This is the collected version. And one thing mm-hmm. that they did for the collected version that I absolutely love is that there is um, a grouping of – it collects. Like it will give you the covers yeah. before each one so you can yeah. tell before you go into each issue. But what they did – Oh, it's the covers without the lettering or anything like that. Yeah, it's just it's the just, original it's art. It's the original yeah, art that's the cool. to break it through. Yeah. But they included – like I said, they want it to make this very – I'll skip ahead a bit. But they want it to make it very approachable. Yeah. So a lot of this is just that basic nine-panel grid. Nine panels, as yeah. I heard Tom King uh, describe it as, it's easy for everybody to read because it's three Charlie Brown strips stacked on top of each That's other. That's exactly right. And even the artist talked about how it was easier – Oh. Uh, Mitch talked about how it was easier for him to play with time because he didn't have to spend time drawing to explain things yeah. to the reader because you could that. just follow it. Yeah. But I think it works really well. Also, I do like this big picture. Oh, that's in the C- full page for the cover yeah. to break up the issues. Yeah, yeah. that's why. Um, but there's also a sense of kind of Mr. Miracle being an escape artist. There's also a little offsettingness. It kind of feels cage-like in a way too. That kind of sits with oh, it yeah, when we I go guess there. So. Oh, that's but, a TV. So what they did to start in this that I love is to make it more approachable, I feel like, is there's an explanation of who Mr. Miracle is if you know nothing about Mr. Miracle. And I don't. Yeah. So it opens up, and the beauty of it is, too, and I should have gone and checked this. uh, That probably would have made sense. But the animation for this and the art matches the, like, Justice League TV shows. And in the way, like, the art looks very familiar to some of that, and I wonder if it's similar to who did that. But it's a Peacemaker? No, that's Orion. Oh, okay. So let me tell you a little bit as we get into Funky Flashman proudly presents. Oh, wow. Because Funky is in here, too. That's why yeah. we covered him before. Yeah, sure. Uh, and he does represent Stanley in this. Yeah. 
the secret origin of Mr. Miracle. Essentially, we get Mr. Miracle's origin of where there is a battle between two warring planets. Okay. There is, or I'm sorry, even before we get that, plagued by sin and strife. I'll just read as it is. The old gods died in flames, and from their ashes, two planets were formed. Uh, basically, there is New Genesis, which is the good planet, and Apocalypse, which is the evil hellscape. Or if you like your metaphors just very clear, it's heaven and hell. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, heaven is ruled by a guy named High Father. He's essentially like the god of this place. Yeah, he's like Zeus. Yeah, and he has the very much kind of look of him. Yeah. Apocalypse or hell is he looks rolled like, by. He looks like uh, uh, Moses. The, oh. No, he, he looks like the, the doctor from Planet of the Apes. Oh, yeah. No, he kind of doesn't. <laughs> uh, uh, Apocalypse is ruled by a guy by the name of Darkseid, Dark who people Side. might know of as a big Superman villain now. Yeah. But he originated as a new god character. Okay. So Darkseid is essentially kind of a way, you know, in this High Father is God. You know, dark side is yeah, the devil in this, like devil, this allegory. Sure, sure. Jack Kirby really did love to base a lot of his stories and throw in, um, you know, uh, religious undertones or well, different mythology. He just like myth and legend yes, and stuff like that. Yes, he loved Thor and stuff like that. Like, this whole story yeah. was supposed to be a Thor story of where he was going to destroy Asgard and they yeah. were going to build a complete new world with the new gods. Well, here's the thing about those kind of tales and those kind of legends and stuff. They've been around so long, obviously they work. Yes. You know, you just rework it and use the use the basis of it. It's the Hell House thing. You know, yeah. the Hell House thing we're doing, it's based on Faust. Exactly. You know? And so it, it worked. That's right. It just yeah. worked. And it, so yeah. he used that same thing here. So we have the two main baddies. Darkseid is always after the anti-life equation. Okay. That's the big thing he's always after. To break it simply, it's supposed to be this equation that some people know that he's always after that's supposed to eliminate free will is the easiest way to do it. Like the brown note. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> nah, I guess if you wanted to. Okay. But it's essentially like if Darkseid got this, he would be able to make just anybody just kind of bend to his whim. Yeah, like, you I know. gotcha. Sure. Um, it is used a lot. I will tell you this now, at least from my – the way I view this a lot – Dark side and the whole dark side is, which is a Grant Morrison thing. It might have even come before that. Um, is used to kind of represent um, different mental struggles in a way, and oh, we'll okay. kind of get to that when we get there oh. too. Um, but it's the equation itself is supposed to be able to just take away free will from an individual. Okay, and so obviously dark side would want that. So then he yeah, has sure, control over sure. everybody. Yeah. Um, while they're warring, and it's a terrible war, and it goes on and on. Billions of lives are lost between these two warring planets until they decide another kind of very religious allegory here to come to an agreement. And what they did, a ceasefire, a peace treaty, and to set this up is High Father and Dark Side traded sons. Okay. Right? That's their peace treaty. It's like, okay. hey, um, it's going to believe that Dark Side doesn't care about his kids, obviously, yeah. being this evil ruler. So it's just another kid to him. But the thought process is that High Father obviously cares more, and he's not going to invade and attack Apocalypse where his if own it's kid got his is. Kids on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of the thought there, and that leads to peace. The dark sized kid who goes to live in heaven is Orion. That's the guy who looks like okay. Peacemaker. Okay. He's he's raised with love, and he's raised to be the next ruler, and like you know, yeah. he yeah. gets the life that he wouldn't have got on Apocalypse. I remember seeing Orion. Like, you know, in comic books and stuff, but I mm -hmm. never really understood who he was. Yeah. Um, and then the child that High Father gives to Darkseid is given to the slave camps there and then okay. given to Granny Goodness to raise in the orphanage, 
which is her just essentially making mindless people for Darkseid. Okay. It's them breaking him down. All they would do is just torture and just, you know, make it terrible for this young man and just everybody there. Yeah. That's what Apocalypse is. It's it's sure. hell, essentially. Sure. So they tortured his, you know, they tortured Highfather's son. But this kid had, like, this spirit in him that even though he was by himself, he always tried to escape to get away from it because he didn't want to be there. Yeah. And he kept trying to escape and failing, trying to escape and failing, but they couldn't break his resolve. Hell's tough to yeah. get out of. After it says, but after it is, it goes, and after the excruciating, distressing years, so years have passed like this of him trying to escape Granny Gruesome, I'm, I'm sorry, Granny Goodness and her orphanage there. I like Granny Gruesome better. That's uh, but, nice. Yeah. But Granny Goodness is, here's a, here's a little fact. Granny Goodness is in um, like the Superman adventures and stuff like that. Oh, really? Voiced by Ed Asner of all people. Oh, wow. But uh, it says that Granny Goodness just thinks it's funny of this, and that's when she names him Scott Free. Oh, as yeah. to poke fun yeah. of him. Like, you're always trying to escape, and you can't get out of here. Oh, that's funny. That's the first time he has a name. Like, he wasn't, you know. Okay. Uh, eventually, though, through all of this, like, he still keeps trying. Um, and having this just kind of resolve to never quit and to yeah. always want to be able to get away. Yeah. Barda, who is also big Barda, big we've Barda. talked about, is also raised on Apocalypse. She She's shows raised up in a hell lot. Too. Well, because they're linked together, the two of them. Well, I'm saying just stuff we've read. No, that's true. She She's does. been in like four or five of these things she has. that we, yeah. Um, she starts to grow a liking towards Scott and realizes like, hey, like there's something there in him too that I can appreciate too. Scott eventually escapes and he wants nothing to do with Apocalypse. And so that's, we've kind of talked about this a little bit. He flees to Earth. Barda comes eventually too. But the two of them flee to Earth where he befriends Thaddeus Brown who is uh, Mr. Miracle on Earth. He's the stage okay. performer okay. as an escape artist. And so he's like, hey, this works for me. You're an escape artist. I know how to escape. And he's already wearing the suit. Yeah, so Thaddeus Brown, the Mr. Miracle suit is yeah. what the... It's what the escape the, artist the, was wearing. The escape artist okay. That's where right. he gets the costume It's like from. his magic suit or yeah. whatever, yeah. Well, so it says, when monstrous <laughs> Cretans murdered their beloved mentor, Scott donned the artist's mask. All those years of escaping really paid off as he took the stage as Mr. Miracle, super escape artist. Okay. When called, Scott returned to New Genesis to battle the tide of tyranny. There he teamed with Honorable Orion, who you thought was Peacemaker, to, uh, to counter Darkseid's loathem uh, machinations. During these adventures, he fought with and befriended and fell in love with Big Barda. Eventually, she betrayed the malicious masters. I love the way they wrote this, too. Yeah. Because they write it yeah. in that very... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, masters and the two lovebirds were married and then it just says like you know and so that's all of us that's mr miracle it's just kind of summing it up and he his catchphrase is always i can always escape which oh. is a big you know okay he's he's that's his power yeah he yeah, can yeah. escape yeah. from anything sure sure which okay. doesn't he's a new god which essentially they're just better than us in general because they're gods sure kind of. yeah so like you know he's stronger he's faster in general but his power in, is he can escape anything which seems kind of and on the surface, but at the same time, can come in handy in a way. No, that could come in handy for a for a superhero. Yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. But as we'll see in this book, Scott doesn't necessarily want to be the superhero. I love this um, overprint, like this. You know, where oh, you can so see the dots. Is, this is the very first page of the issue. So after it says, I love how it ends. It says, "But though our great hero now occupies a seat of comfort and tranquility, Mister Miracle never forgets that somewhere out there." Dark side is. Oh, sure. Yeah. And Dark Side is is a really big point in this book. And um I'll get into it more 
Um, and I have a clip from Tom King to get to it himself. Uh, before we get into this, though, as we get into the first issue, before we take our break, um, it gets it opens up with a bang. And that's the thing about these stories is you want something to come and kind of grab you. And at least for me, the first time I read this, it was right out the gates. So you have the cover, you flip it open, and we open on Scott Free's face. Yeah. And the one thing that they do with this, too, the whole series is a giant love letter to Jack Kirby, is that the start and end of each issue has text from the original Mr. Miracle run, like almost verbatim, wow. just reused. Yeah. But it fits in kind of like a, a different way of where it makes you feel uneasy with what you're seeing on the picture. Okay. It works really okay. well. But we open up with, uh, and it says, is he a master of spectacular trickery or is he something more? And we just get this very just plain look at Scott Free's face, no emotion whatsoever. But it's very like... Um what was that artist that did all the comic book print? Um, but anyway, you can see the dots. Yes. Real big, like it's been blown up. The art for this is great, yeah. all of it. And then you flip it open to, I showed you the nine panel page. And I think I read somewhere, there's only six times that's not used throughout the entire series. Yeah. And one of them is the giant two page splash page we're about to, but it sends a message. So you say that, and then we immediately open to. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Scott Free is essentially bleeding out in his bathroom after he has self-harmed. Oh. Um, and it looks like he has cut his wrist. But it still has the Kirby from the 70s, you know, yeah, yeah. on top of it. Of, well, are, even even where it says all, his name, it all it looks feels very, out. It all yeah. feels just kind of out of place. Yeah. And it just makes it more uneasy and fits very well. Well, and, and the first thing I notice is the blurring of so many things in this in this picture. It's It's pretty... Honestly, it shows you that there's something really wrong yes. here. And like know? just from the beginning. Just like know. Batman when they used to angle the camera yes. or whatever, yes. same thing. And we can already tell, like, here's the thing is this is the most graphic scene of Scott with this we get. Okay. And that's all we need because it sets it up so well. Yeah. And then we get another splash page that it goes to, and it's a kid and he's telling a story. Or a, there's a lot of stories that are kind of told throughout that are really good. And it's about a teacher, and she says, the teacher says to the whole class, draw whatever you want. And it talks about the kids, some are drawing like an astronaut or dinosaurs, hearts, superheroes, anything they want to. And then one kid goes, I drew God. And the teacher looks at it and goes, that's very nice, but no one knows what God looks like. And without hesitation, the kid just looks like and looks at her and goes, yeah, until now. And then we just cut right back. There's oh, a lot wow. of this, wow. right? And we just cut back then to Scott's being rushed to the emergency room it has, like, obviously them trying to resuscitate. It shows Big Barda, like, crying in the waiting room as everybody's trying to see what's on. And we'll see these panels a lot of Dark Side is. And it's a very kind of impending doom. And you'll see even more how it comes up of how it's so well used. Yeah. Um, we get to see things there of Scott just kind of laying in bed, listening to the doctors talk around him. And it's this very blank look on his face. of You can tell that something's wrong. Another thing that we see a lot of is... You can kind of tell that old – you worked in videotapes a lot. The yeah. little blur kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. squiggle. It's, it's that, the squiggle, yeah, yeah. That comes up a lot on these images too and you'll like see it more. Like the VHS mess yeah, it's, up it's of the, the tape VHS or whatever. squiggles. And it I, I tell you what I'm impressed with is this is the exact same picture of him laying in a bed. 
but one has stubble and one doesn't, so it shows a passage of time. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's that's brilliant. It is, and it's but the squiggle is used to make you kind of question things if they're happening in real life and reality. Oh, okay. We'll that a little all bit right. more, and it's it's just yeah, all, I saw a little bit of that on the cover. Yeah, it's just thing. all very well done. Like the art of this is just I don't know why, but I love how it looks like there's uh -huh. just tape yeah. holding those pictures yeah. over. Yeah, very nice. Um, so, very stylish. So Scott eventually is released from the hospital, and he goes home, and the media is harassing him because he is this giant, you know, star sure. in a way. He's this escape artist, kind of. For I looked at it as like a cooler version of like some Vegas act in a way, yeah. Where he traveled, but people actually liked him. The thing yeah. is, is that superheroes, like I can't tell if I, well, superheroes are in this book, but we don't see any of the other ones. The only other time is they're mentioned briefly. And sometimes we'll see that they're brought up in the world. Like he wears T-shirts of other superheroes. Oh, okay. So it's like they exist and they're these larger than life characters and stuff. But this is more of like a they're not in Scott's world kind of thing, except for the fact of where once they get home, it shows like Scott or Bart are trying to clean up the mess in the bathroom from the accident that happened. Scott just sitting there kind of looking at the bandages and her saying, well, you can take them off if, you know, they itch and all of this and him just trying to find himself but there's a part in there where it's like hey the justice league called and left messages and he responds with like yeah i noticed clark just flying outside my door last night or outside our window last night so like superman's just sitting there just kind of checking on him kind of stuff thing so they're there Creepy yeah ass superman. well yeah i think it's supposed to be like him just kind of like watching out for Scott. yeah but so they're there in this world but not necessarily a main part um we are introduced then into our story to Scott's brother now, who we talked a little bit about, Orion. Um, Orion shows up to see Scott. and it's Just Scott like through a portal kind of thing. So you remember the mother boxes we talked about yeah. back then? So yeah. it's through their mother boxes are kind of used, for lack of a better term, at least in this kind of like an Alexa, but it can do interplanet. Like they can, that's how they track. Yeah, yeah. So it just flashes them from okay. uh, New Genesis to Earth. And so Orion shows up, and he just calls out Scott. And Scott's just like, yeah, and he tells him to stand. And so he's like, okay. And so he stands up, and he says, standing, and Orion just clocks him in the face and knocks him down. Tells him to stand and up again. And he tells him to stand again. And so Scott says, I know, standing, and he picks himself up again. And Orion knocks him back out again and tells him to stand, and it just keeps going. And it seems to me like it's one of those of either Orion doesn't know how to process what has happened to Scott, and so yeah. this is him lashing out at him there, or it's just, you know, at, there's there's so many things. Him trying to feel like I got to snap him back out of whatever he is. Yeah. All the commotion wakes Bart up, who essentially tells Orion, like, hey, you don't – what are you doing? And he tells her that he's teaching Scott, to which she tells him, you can't teach. You know, Granny taught us. You grew up on New Genesis. You can't do this. Yeah. And he just kind of scoffs and leaves. Barda is kind of like taking care of Scott afterwards and like, hey, are you okay? And Scott has a moment where he feels like something's off and tells her like, hey, your eyes used to be blue. They're brown right now. And she goes, what are you talking about? They've always been brown. So there's a moment of where we can't like Scott. Something's happened and Scott's just kind of off. Um, we then cut to it looks like he's making a television appearance. And that's where all the little fuzzy kind of comes in. But it's him doing some sort of, you know, like escape act. 
Yeah, it's like a like a water tube, kind of like a a uh, uh, what was the big magician uh, Houdini. Uh, Houdini thing? Yeah, it kind of reminds me. You remember that? Uh, what the is the water turns brown? <laughs> oh, well, you remember the Catch Me If You Can, where like the piranhas yeah. in yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, sure. That's what it kind of sees me. Uh, but it's him escaping this trick, and he's on the. Uh, it's a late night show with Godfrey, which back in the day I had to look this up, and I found out that I'm, uh, uh, Glorious Godfrey is an old Kirby character from the New Gods. Of where he was like the herald for the new gods. Oh wow! But so um, he's the talk show host. Yeah, well, but he would be used to herald Dark Sun. So there's kind of a little like tease here of why he's on that. But still, it's they turned him into a talk show. So it's still yeah, it you know bringing sense, everybody so, in. Yeah. So Mr. Miracle's on there, and they're like, "Hey, we got to ask you. You know, this you've been in the news for the, the what happened. Maybe you should address that." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, no. So I'm an escape artist." That's what I do. And so what's the biggest thing that somebody can escape, right? It's death. So that's what I did. I just, I killed myself to escape death and I totally did it, right? He's trying to like- sounds like an excuse. It does. He's trying to twist this in a way. It's like a PR of like, hey, I did that and that's why. So I killed myself and he's like, you know, making like the fake noises and stuff, trying to play it off. Sure. And then he gets there, he goes, and then when I woke up, my lovely wife took me to the hospital, you know, she found me there and that was that. And the host is like, all right, great, great. Just amazing stuff. Uh, But I guess that does leave one unanswered question. And he's like, well, what is that? And he goes, well, did you actually escape? And there's like a moment of they're just kind of staring at each other. And it kind of like, you know, like it has the distortion again. Uh And he just replies with what? And then Glory goes, oh, sorry about that. Apologies. We got to go to commercial. We'll be right back after this. Or don't worry, folks. We'll be right back right after this. And it has to purposely stare down the barrel of the. Yeah. Like it's all things like that that are just done really well. Yeah. Hi, Father, who the Moses-looking guy, uh, comes down to Earth, and he says, Hey, Scott, you know, I'm sorry. I've been busy at war with Darkseid. We're back at it again. I meant to come check on you. Just know that, you know, there's just a lot going on. Uh, I'm sorry. You know, obviously something's, you know, bothering you, and I wish I could be here. But sure. that anti-life equation that Darkseid's always been after, well, he has it. So that's kind of just a little bit more important. Uh, I'm sorry about that. But, you know, like, I got to take care of this. And Scott's like, yeah, no, I get it. Warning planets, that's fine. Yeah. Well, we then get to see, we've talked about Oberon before. Remember? We have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His buddy Oberon. So now we get to see Oberon. And it's them in, like, the lab underneath. He's different here. He is. He's a little shorter. He kind of purposely, I think, looks a little more like Jack Kirby in this. Oh, really? Oddly enough. Yeah. The maybe just kind of in the face a little, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, but he's sitting there and he essentially tells the same story from before about drawing the picture of God. The kid, big Barda is big. Well, she is, she's very big. There is a moment later that is very sweet, I think it comes up in the second issue that we'll get to, um, where she's just like, uh, you know, like she's just, I'm too big. It's when they see Granny Goodness, and Granny goes, Well, darling, haven't you understood that everybody's too something? And it's just a real moment. Like, that's obviously a thing for her, too. Um, but, yeah, she is massive. I don't mean, like, she's just a... Yeah, she's a big lady. Um, it's like Amazon. But that's kind of... She is. But that's kind of what I like about the the duo here, too, is because it takes... Uh, this is going to sound super... But uh, it takes the gender norms of yeah. it and kind of flips it because that's she protects him a lot. Exactly what I was going to say. Like, like it, 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 it's cool that in a superhero comic, they're able to flip yeah, that. Yeah, and, and that's you know? the thing is where, like... Because these are always men save women oh, kind of things, you know? No, she saves his his ass a lot in this. Um, 
But so Oberon's telling Scott the story about the kid drawing God while Scott's trying to get out of these kind of, uh, I think, I don't remember what they they're call like them. They're like wrist cuffs. Yeah, they're wrist cuffs, but they're like yeah. Fingarian. Like it's some kind of sure. weird, you know. Fingarian. Uh, you know, that he's trying to break out of them. And he's like, God told me they're impossible to break out of. And Scott just does it pretty easily. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, oh, all right. Well, I guess I'll go ahead and work on this. And Scott hears something. He's like, oh, that's Barda. She gets worried. And he's like, yeah, you should probably go talk to her. You know, so she's, you know, you deal with that instead of there. I'll go ahead and work on these things. And we get another dark side is you see that it's starting to pop it's up. It's a lot. Yeah. And there's a reason why. And then Barda comes and in. And what you're talking about is just a completely black it's panel. It's a complete black panel. Uh, American typewriter font says dark, dark side, side is. is, period. And after this first issue, I'll play a bit to explain that a little bit more. And Barda comes in and she goes, hey, I'm sorry that you don't need any help, but I, I don't like you working alone in your studio. I heard you talking to somebody. And he goes, I'm not work. I'm not working alone. Oberon's in here working on those cuffs with me. And she goes, Scott, are you okay? And he goes, yeah, I got him off easy, but he's going and making some twists. And she goes, but Oberon is Scott. Are you okay? Listen to me. And we flip to the next one and we get partner, or, you know, like the, it's different in the font. It's narration that this conversation happened before, but yeah. it's not matching yeah. the pictures we yeah. have, the pictures we have. And Barta says, remember the cancer in his throat, his mouth from the cigars? He passed last month. Scott, you were there. So we find out that Oberon died a couple months before Scott's actual incident. Like throat cancer. Yeah, and Scott's the one who actually made the decision to have to pull the plug on him. Huh. So he's just like, what? No, he wasn't. He was right here. Like, he can't accept yeah. it. Yeah. And you can see him even having trouble. Like, he can't sleep now because yeah. of this while this narration's going over. But he just he doesn't remember that. Like he can't sleep, dark side is. He's getting milk, milk out of the fridge, dark, dark side, side is. is. He's drinking the milk, dark side is. I mean, it just boom, it boom, is. boom, and boom. You can now tell it's every other panel. It is because that growing fear, just that feeling, is getting bigger and bigger inside of him. And while he's dealing with all this, because he's just like, no, he's here. I'm telling you, he told me a story about a kid and a picture. And she's like, please don't do this, Scott. And he's like, not, no, Scott, no one's here. You're alone. <clears throat> And he's like trying to deal with this while he's drinking his milk and sitting on the couch and his mother box pings like he's getting a phone call. And he goes, yes, mother box. And he goes, Scott, this is Orion. There's no time. High father is dead. Dark side's work. Oh. And he's like, dark side's power is growing. I've taken control of the forces of new Genesis. We are organizing a resistance. You and Big Barda are required to come home. And right. I love this, though, too. So you talk how it was building and you see the look on his face. And then yeah. the next page is just dark side is full yeah. page, full Sorry. black page. Yeah. Um, we close out issue one then as they're getting ready to leave. And it's a very human moment. And they're really good at doing this too, as it's while they're waiting for like the boom tube to arrive for them to leave. Boom tube. That's what they're called Fantastic. for them to leave earth, to head to new Genesis. Yeah. They're just talking and Bart is like, I got a, uh, I got a message from Michelle. She's going to check in on the cats. And he's like, okay. <laughs> And then, like, the boom tube opens up, and he's like, Barda. And she's like, Scott, we got to go. And he's like, something's wrong. Like, I see things. I do things. Like, yeah. it's not right. Like, he's yeah. trying to tell her. He's like, everything's wrong. I don't know how I can get out of this. And her response is, she just kind of smacks it out of him. Everybody wants to hit this poor guy. They do. And she just tells him to stand. And he goes, standing. And she's like, all right, we got a war to fight. We can deal with this later. And he's like, all right. Huh. And so they just kind of leave as it just says dark side awaits. And here's the Kirby again, the Kirby thing to close it. 
to other satanic and sinister situations simmering with mounting magnitude to juggernaut joust. It's Kirby and all of his great glory <laughs> with the super escape artist's greatest adversary. He will always be seconds away. Swift, relentless final follow Mr. Miracle enter the next trap. And so it does such a good way of paraphrasing that, but to kind of talk about the dark side is, and then we'll take a quick break here. Um, I found a clip of writer Tom King himself talking about how before going into this book of writing it, of how he didn't even, you know, necessarily his thoughts on Dark Side as a villain and just how cool the aspect of all that was. Yeah, I was, you know, I thought Dark Side was kind of a lame villain when I sort of first approached it. I mean, I, I, I hesitate to admit that, but I'm on as well. And I was talking to a, a webcomic creator named Julian Lytle, and he's and he was telling about Dark. I was like, yeah, Dark Side's lame. He's just kind of like Thanos, but in the DC universe. Whatever. He's like, no, 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 you don't understand. It's Dark Side is. I was like, well, that sounds funny, but what does that mean? And he, he he's like, dude, have you ever been in a situation? where you knew exactly the right thing to do and you did the wrong thing. I was like, yeah, of course. He's like, that's dark side is. I was like, what? And he's like, have you ever for, been in a situation where everything can go wrong that does and you just get crushed that day? I was like, yeah, dark side is. And I was like, that's what dark side is, man. It's that darkness that lurks inside the whole world that you're always kind of facing. It's always on the edge of you, man. That's dark side is. Dark side's not a person. He's that emotion. He's the opposite of life. He's anti-life. And I was like, oh, okay, now I get it. Now, I mean, because, you know, everyone's had those moments in their life where you're just like, everything falls apart for you. And that's what Mr. Miracle is about. It's about a guy who was raised, raised by his worst enemy, who was sort of tortured in his childhood and has that sort of darkness inside of him. And that's what dark side is. It's that sort of that thing that pulls you down that you can't overcome. So it's literally uh, the dark side of humanity. Mm -hmm. In a way. Yeah. It's that there's eventually, to me, it feels like it's that ever present, like no matter what you do, something bad's always there. Impending doom. It's all, yeah, it's that thing. thing. Yeah. There's a, I'm going to, uh, it's going to spoil a little bit without telling you the story, but even at the end, there's a part later where uh, Scott and Bart are talking and she says that and she says, dark side is, and he replies with, yeah, but we are too. So it's kind of huh. like a, that just growing fear, that sense of something bad yeah, always yeah. there. Dread. Which, yes, which, Obviously, there's a human embodiment of dark side too. Sure, but the human embodiment mixed with that, I think, makes him just oh yeah that much you know frightening. Like it, it yeah. makes him fit that devil type character. Well, he's the shadows in the dark too, kind of thing. Exactly, you know that kind of thing, impending. All right, so that's the perfect place for us right now. We'll go ahead and take a break and come back and close out with issue one and two of Mister Miracle as things are about to get weird. Miracle, right after. All right, and we are back into part one of our Mr. Miracle discussion here, and we'll go ahead and dive right into issue two. There is now war on Apocalypse since High Father uh, is dead. Orion has taken over as the new leader of New Genesis, and Scott, I guess, is kind of, since he's his brother, um, in a way, his second in command. I guess they're not really brothers, though, because... no. Um, I mean, they're brothers in that they kind of went through the same thing. Yes, and they view them as that just because I think that they're brought up as that just – and uh, High Father would call them that. They're almost like cousins. Yeah, but because High Father raised Oran, and then Scott obviously was free from Apocalypse and helps to fight new, or fight for New Genesis and yeah. Apocalypse. So I think he views yeah. them as, you know, I raised him as my son, and you were obviously my son. So I think to High Father, 
their brothers, yeah. but yeah. not necessarily to the two of them. And that'll come up more here. But we go to uh, Apocalypse, which, as you can see, when they do Apocalypse, it's all a red hellscape kind of look. And uh, it shows Scott getting into a battle with a uh, parademon. And so with it's a, a big parademon. What's that? That little the bug-like thing that he's fighting. Okay. They live on um, Apocalypse. They're like the oh. they're kind of like the orc-like creatures. That, oh, okay. You know, like right. think of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bunch of same thing. Like there's, uh, I can't think of their name, but they're kind of like a bug people that fight for New Genesis too. Okay. Kind of. But it's a lot of Scott fighting um, this like pair of demons. little discs on his feet. That's how he kind of like flare. I don't yeah. know what they're called, but that's how he's able to fly around. Foot discs. Yeah, they're foot discs. But sure. it has the same thing, the same Kirby narration. Yeah, you know, cool. death lashes out for Mr. Miracle, super escape artist. And I just love the way they repurpose for all of it. Um, and it talks about the X-Pit and Granny Goodness, because that's what we're going to get into this issue. The thing that I like this is we get um, – talk these speech bubbles of where it's obviously Orion speaking to Scott and telling him like where he needs to go. And it's like general free. And he just goes, yes, Orion. And we already get, he's already just become high father. And we have a moment of, I am not, that is not, we have another location. You know, I need you to go here. Like, you know, that's, you need to refer to me as this. You can already tell that he's kind of, um, like put out, put out in a way of where is like i'm high father now yeah you should uh, oh yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. that's yeah. not my name show me the respect and more of it will come up there's it's a very interesting thing of how orion tends to end up like dark side more even though he wasn't raised by it. it's that old uh what is it the nature versus Nature's nurture versus kind nurture. of thing yeah, yeah. um but it, this is humorous to me because it's him sending him place after place and Scott just having to fight his ass off before being sent to another place right afterwards. This is so, very Thor-like. It is. Like, it's very Thor-ish. And like you said, Kirby just loved Thor yeah. because of the mythology and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And like this story, obviously not this story that they're telling here, but this world, this whole fourth world, yeah. was supposed to be Thor. Like, he was going to have uh, Ragnarok on Thor oh. and have it clear everything out, and he was going to tell new stories in the same world. Oh, wow. But then... They didn't want to do that kind yeah. of thing. So, or they he would present ideas and they would take them and not give him credit for it. So that's when he just started keeping this stuff in a pile over to his right to end yeah. up going, going to P D DC. Yeah. But um, while he's doing this, so it's like you know, report, take your troops here to you know the Mole Mountains of you know, Gabrar from the west, and he's like, "Yes, Orion, thank you, Orion." And so then he goes, and it's another battle, and he's like, "All right, now take your you know general." Take your armies to the Crown Wall Forest. Yes, Orion, the Crown Fall Forest from the north. Thank you, Orion. Like, is that over and over again? Yeah, sure. The thing that also is Just like a out, good soldier. Exactly. But it's never for it's never for the king. It's never for High Father. Everything he does is always for New Genesis. Scott is not doing this for Orion. Scott is doing this for the planet. Yeah. Um, but he is just going through battle after battle after battle to where he is obviously exhausted. And then we get a very funny, very human moment of where him and Barda are back at the equivalent of wherever they're staying, some sort of hotel kind sure. of. It's like their equivalents. And his first question is, how does the shower work? Because he's <laughs> covered in all these bug guts. Yeah. You know, and she's like, I don't know. Why would I know that? And he's like, there's no knobs or anything. And she's like, ask your mother box then how to. It's a very real kind yeah. of, that's the thing. Yeah. 
is in reading this, Scott and Big Bar's relationship is one of just the most real and just relatable kind of of anything in comic books I've read. Huh. Um, and she, he's like, I'm in the shower. Why don't you ask yours? I'm naked. And she's like, fine, mother box, can you turn on the shower? And it replies, uh, it shows the shower's on. And he goes, it, or she goes, it shows the shower's on. And he goes, oh, okay, am I clean? Like, it's just a funny, like, <laughs> yeah. kind of moment. Yeah. Then eventually he comes out, and he is clean, and he just collapses on the bed next to her. And she goes, you got it to work. And he goes, yeah, now I'm the new god of showers. And she goes, oh, well, did you leave it on? And he was like, I think I didn't turn it off. <laughs> So it's just like this very real, just kind of you know. The, back the room they're in it reminds me of the one in Ragnarok. It does kind of look like yes. where Hulk was staying. Yes. Yeah, it feels like that. Yeah. Oh, here's another one we talked about. Is so she's getting ready to go and hop in the shower himself, and she's like, "It was easier back on Apocalypse. You get dirty, you just get into the. Or she goes, "You wait into the Ember Lakes. You burn, yeah, and then you survive, and then you're clean. Just like essentially, <laughs> you walk in, the fire burns everything off of you, Jeez. and then you're fine." And she's like, you don't survive? Ah, who really cares? And then he's just kind of looking at her, looking at her, and he goes, oh, you're beautiful. And she, her response is just, I'm too tall. He's like, oh, you're perfect. And he falls back asleep. And that's where it's like, did you leave it on? And he's like, yeah. I don't know. I didn't turn it off. Yeah. And so it's just a nice, really kind of Yeah, yeah, very relatable human moment. Yeah. Then we get taken, we're taken back to Scott and Barda in front of Orion there on like his, his – um, his iron throne. It's the throne of New Genesis that he's okay. sitting at there. See his little chair yeah. with his the high he's holding high father's little, you know, Moses Shepherd's crook there too. This guy over here in the white, his name's Light Ray. He's kind of gonna be like I feel like I've seen him before too. He kind of looks like um in Marvel, the the Guardian guys or the the Sentinel. Yes, a little bit. Yeah, that's what he, he kind of was. Looks like. A he's like a very lighthearted new god in the old Kirby ones. Okay, here he's kind of used as just um, Orion's lackey in a way, like his right hand man. But he does it very well. While they're there, the two of them are standing. Varda and Scott are just kind of standing in front of Orion, who's giving them a dirty look. And Light Ray goes, oh, well, since uh, everything that's been going on with the war and everything, there's been some, uh, you know, pleasantries and stuff that we've let lapse that we just kind of, you know, need to go ahead and bring back in. So it's required that everybody kneel in front of High Father now. Um, and he's just like, oh, where was it? Oh, yeah. So now, obviously, with greeting the High Father, it's customary to kneel. Or rather, it's now obviously required you kneel. And there's a moment of them staring off, and you can tell Scott doesn't want to. And Orion's just like, you kind of better. Barda, trying to play the peacekeeper, kneels. I love this scene because she kneels down, and she side-eyes Scott. Him, yeah. And she grabs his arm to pull him down. He never kneels. Like, his, he just keeps staring at him It takes he's It takes down. nine panels for him to, to finally kneel. Yeah, but you can tell exact. I love how the way like you see the pull down of the arm and everything. Like you know, he's not doing it on his own accord. This feels like Gladiator. It does. Yeah, it does. Um, and so finally, he kneels and he bows, and that 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 pieces yeah, yeah, yeah. Orion. Yeah, and so he tells them, uh, uh, "It's a blessings." Orion's a dick. He's very much a dick. <laughs> so he tells them like, "Oh, it's a blessing for you guys to be a part of here as High Father of New Genesis. Please accept my gratitude for your service." And Bart is like, yes, hi, Father. And Scott doesn't say anything, to which Light Ray goes, that's fine. You did great, great ready. Uh, really, you can all now stand. And Scott's just like, yeah, okay. Like, he's just so over all yeah. of this. Um, but Orion tells him of their new plan. 
he's like, you know, our dad was very much against using emotions when it came to battle plans and stuff like that. But when it comes to Darkseid and his forces, his general is really good. And it's somebody that you guys know really well. And that's Granny Goodness. Oh. Uh, and he's like, so I think that using the hatred that you guys already have for her would help us here. And he just like tells him, he's like, you know, trying to emulate our father, I tried to keep emotions out of my battle plans and thus keep you two away from Granny and her soldiers. But I've reconsidered this strategy. A woman whose torture was your childhood may in fact be, you know, kind of an advantage to us. Yeah. And so he tells them that, you know, uh, generals, your armies have been reassigned to light race command and you two are now ordered to go kill Granny Goodness. It's like are, a plan is already in motion. What are all these things around her? Those, those are those parademons that he oh, fought okay. earlier. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, and he's like, there's a plan already in motion. You guys leave tomorrow. She looks like Ursula. Yep. She does. So they're back at Earth, or they're back wherever they're staying, and they're sleeping. Sure. And this is another very funny moment. Um, Metron is another new god. He's essentially, he can kind of see the future. He's, do you remember, we've talked about Marvel a lot. You remember what is the guy's name? Uh, the Watcher? Yeah. That he sits there and yeah, just kind of sure, watches time. Sure. And yeah. that's kind of what Metron is. Metron oh, okay. is. It's um. It's kind of like Metronome. He's also kind of the voice of God in a sense if you go back to sure. biblical times. Sure. Um, so he's just kind of sit there to like see the future and kind of like he likes to make things, make sure that the world keeps going kind of thing. Okay. He tells Scott, Scott Free, you are not to know the face of God. Do you understand me? You are not to know the face of God. And it's a really funny moment here because the two, Scott and Bart are sleeping, and Bart wakes Scott up, and he's like, hey, Metron's here. And she just goes, All right, tell him it's late. Tell him that we have to be up early to go see Granny. Just like, just tell him to yeah, leave. Yeah. And it's just so funny that they're dismissing that he's like, you are not to know the face of God. And Scott's like, yeah, okay. And he just kind of like goes back to sleep. Yeah. Um, the two of them leave, and they have their mother box take them to New Genesis or up to Apocalypse to go see Granny. As they leave, we kind of have this moment where we see that obviously Scott has more, uh, I don't want to say humanity in a way to him because it's not something that he should show towards her, but he's questioning his feelings for her, for Granny Goodness. Cause he's like, Hey, do you remember like when we were in the X pits? I remember one time, like I was in the Judas cradle. Don't know what that is hanging for days, like I spilt my milk for breakfast or whatever. But then she came, and I know I was supposed to be in there longer. Like, I know I was supposed to be tortured longer, but she came and got me out early. She took me down. Like, that's something, right? Yeah. Like, I was supposed to be in there. Like, she held me, I guess. I don't know. And he's like, she's, Bart is just like, no, Scott, I never liked her. Like, I don't know what this memory is that you have of this justification you're trying to make, but she was always awful to us. Mm -hmm. So. What do they call it whenever you uh, start? Stockholm Syndrome? Yeah. Yeah, liking your cap. There might be a little bit of that. Yeah. I think it's also that just Scott does, doesn't know a lot of what's going on, so he's questioning a lot of things in yeah. what's here. I do love, it's kind of nice, you see a hardened, kind of angry-looking granny goodness. She is very angry. But when they show up, her face does change. It does. And we get a, my babies, oh, my babies, come to granny, which is so different from the character in general yeah. of just how cruel and mean she is. Sure. And so she's so excited to see them, you know, and she's so happy to really see Scott and Barda. We get another I'm too tall. That's why I told you, oh, darling, don't you know everyone's too something? Like it's a very like actually mm -hmm. kind of like nice little granny moment. And she's telling him like, oh, I'm so happy you guys are here. 
There's no need. Oh, oh. Now I know your new high father wants us to rush, rush, rush to a very important peace negotiations. So that's why she thinks they're there to negotiate peace. Okay. He goes, such an uh, an impatient man, the leader of yours, always in a hurry, like the world's beat are beat to his heart. Tis tis. He's like, but before we go, I made Jello, right? <laughs> hey, hey, okay. So okay. one one comment I have. Yeah. Um, we're seeing things start to cross panels. Like this uh-huh. here, right? So there's there's two of them talking, and the the instead of just the nine basic panels, it's crossing over here, and then the one here where they're joining hands. It, I never caught that. It does kind of link. Yeah, it does kind of feel like those are linked. You know, like like you're starting to get a little more out of this. Like it's not so rigid anymore, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. like, it's like it, I'd love, again, I feel like it was very easy to get into yeah. and then it kind of gives you a little bit more as it keeps uh-huh. going. Yeah. Um, That's cool. Yeah. So she's like, I made jello like any great grandma would do. Yeah, but see, now we've got a set of nine panels on this page and they all go together. They all link in yeah. it, but you can kind of yeah. track yeah. because sure. of the line work for sure. it, which I think is great yeah. there That's too. That's really cool. Or even the trail of, yeah. Because if you took the lines away, it would be just a yeah, giant picture. It'd just be a big, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they're there to eat Jello, and this is one of the dark humor moments. Uh, she's sitting there, and, and, and Granny's like, "I do so appreciate you, my wonderful children coming to see me, but I got to say that I can't see dark side of green into any of this, uh, except of course unconditional surrender and the delivery of Orion's, uh, you know, the, uh, Orion's head. That that'd be what he'd be sure. for a basket, whatever you guys have to put it in. It really doesn't matter. Um, put his head in whatever." And Scott is having a hard time eating his jello as we see a man who is tied up and it looks like his arms are cut off as he's just sitting next to Granny uh-huh. staring at Jello. Yeah. Uh, and she's just goes, it doesn't have to be anything special. Like she's still just talking about how they're gonna deliver Orion's head. I, I don't mean this bad, but he looks very much like Auschwitz kind of, you know, gas chamber, that kind of thing. Like his head shaved, he's mm-hmm. all yeah, okay. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, no, no. Uh, and uh, Scott finally, Mr. Miracle goes, is that Stormforge? Like, he was, is that him? Like, another one of the new yeah, gods? Yeah. And she's like, yeah, he led one of your armies against me. I'm starving him to death. But like, you know, or, oh, but I like to have others, I like to have him watch others eat. It's so silly. Uh, oh, Jesus. I hope that doesn't bother you guys. And Bart is just still just plowing away, just eating. Yeah. She's like, no, I'm not bothered at all, Granny, just hungry. Well, there's always room for Jello. <laughs> And then it's like, hey, remember that time I let you have water to show how evil Granny is? She's laughing through this. Remember that time I didn't let you have water for two weeks, Barta? Goodness, you screamed and cried like a child. And you were already four. (laughs) Granny, Granny, please. Oh, you're adorable. Please, please, please. Ah, how the times just go by. It's true what they say about raising children. Long days, short years. Like, she's just such a... She's a bad person. So, we now get the cover of Night. And Mr. Miracle and Barda are sneaking through the camp to get to Granny's tent okay. to where they're about to I find need to, I need to ask you about that, though. Okay. Why is everything spelt weird? So, like, sneak is S-N-E-E-K. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you get... That's all jump run. I think run, it's just... R-U-N-N. I think it's done in a comical way of, like, this was Scott, like, here's okay. our plan, okay. right? Here's okay. our plan. This is what we're going to do. We're okay. Gonna sneak, 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 you know, like that. All right. I think it's done in a comic... 
Because that's the thing, too, about this fight, book. Fight, fight, F-I-T-E. Yeah. yeah. That's one thing about this book is this Mr. Miracle is a lot more serious than previous versions of where yeah. it was more kind of comical in a way. Sure. And even in, like, the kids' shows and stuff, if you watch them, he's kind of more of a jokey character at times. This is the version of my Mr. Miracle I like, but I still love that they have the nods where it's still not all. Yeah. Like, you know, you won't want something super. So there's still little nods and things like that in there. Yeah. Um, and we get to, and I love the way that it's all very dark. Oh, this is so dark and he red. Does, he does so, uh, Mitch Jarrett does such a good job of showing you gore without showing you gore, plus of just setting the tones with the colors and everything. It's very great. Uh-huh. Um, but they sneak in there, and they're whispering, and Scott's like, is she? And about that time, we see this, like, plasma blast hit Barda. And Scott's like, No! And Granny tells him, quickly, we don't have time. Come on, get away from the door. And so he's kind of confused, and he follows Granny. And she goes, I'm so sorry, my poor dear boy, for so much. And he's like, I don't get what you're talking about. She's like, you just have to listen. There's no time to understand. Did Metron visit you last night? And he's like, no. Well, yeah, I guess he did, but I thought it was a dream. And she's like, good, good. There's so much you need to know. And we have Barda. looks like she's kind of like she's not out. Like she's still alive. Yeah. We gotta, uh, she's on the ground. Granny tells Scott that Orion contacted me this morning as in his brother and tells her that he wanted to warn her that uh, he sadly believed that Scott and Barda intended to break the peace and go in and try to kill Granny. Mm. So uh, Granny tells him like, i be alert. Orion said that they'll do anything, he said. And if they did, I, I was uh, going to be able to repay the betrayal. Like, he wanted me to kill you guys. Yeah. And he's like, so you need to know that, Scott. But I couldn't do that to you because you're my dear boy. It's like, you know, the high father, she tells him, like, what he doesn't know, though, is that I've been a loyal friend to high father for the real high father for all these years. Mm. I was the one who let him know that dark side had the anti-life equation. Like, I'm the one who told him that. You, Scott, or this is where we get a new part of the story. Um, I did it. I tried to save you. I couldn't let Darkseid hurt my own precious boy. I don't know, Orion, now. I don't know just how great his power is. But he tells or she tells him that she can't trust Barda either. But that the prophecy is, Scott, that it compels them that Darkseid can only die by the hands of his own son. And that's not Orion, Scott. That's you. That's yeah. essentially what she's telling yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're the one who was here on a pot, like all of that. Sure. And as he's trying to process that, he's just like, but why would they do, like, why? I don't get this. Or, you know, Orion is Scott's son. And she just goes, is he Scott? Is he? Or are you? And as soon as she says that, Barda's cosmic kind of. Uh, Baseball bat. Yeah, it's a, what do you call it? Staff or whatever, just smacks her across the face. And Barda begins to just club. Uh, grainy yeah. goodness to death, yeah. which I mean, in Barda's defense, she's been shot, so she's waking up just to go and do this. And it's a great scene here of just the candle that Granny was holding just mm-hmm. out and kind of like a pool of blood. And you get the Kirby narration over again. It said that the ultimate tramp trap, or this said the ultimate tramp, ultimate tramp, the ultimate trap is the simplest trap. And what could be more simple than entering and leaving a building? Uh, but it shows them leave through the boom tube. And mm-hmm. as they leave, the light goes away and it's just the blood pool, but it's done in a way that's just so kind of creepy that it's like her face bludgeoned in, but you don't see it all, but yeah. you know, yeah. like that's the thing I'm talking about. Like it's not over overtly gory, but like, you know, right. like something right. bad's there. Right. So 
that takes us into our final issue for the day. Into issue three, where Orion shows up back on Apocalypse with uh, Light Ray and Mr. Miracle. And we see the, oh, this is a good one. Because it's Scott trying to, I'll tell this. Uh, Orion is basically making the bug people dig up the bones or dig up Granny's body because he wants proof. Okay. He ends up and they bury, like they unearth her and he beheads her to Ooh. like put on a pike. Like that is Orion now. Wow. Yeah. Like he is lost in this. Um, but we also get, I feel like it's Scott kind of trying to make sense of what he did. Um, I'll tell this story because it very much feels like Scott's trying to relate this story that Granny told him at one point in time, maybe to him himself. And it's him talking to Barda. And he says, remember that story Granny always told at night? And it also kind of adds to Granny. When you couldn't sleep, the Christmas story? And, of course, Barda knows nothing about this. So she's like, no. And he's like, oh, well, I'll tell you then. Uh, I have it in my head. Uh, okay, yeah, here it is. And he's just like, uh, it was on Earth, like, before Christmas in the Netherlands. It's like 1942 or something when the Germans had it. A little boy, I don't know, call him whatever, Sven. Uh, Sven's in school, a Christian school or Catholic, whatever, with nuns, the whole thing. And it's right before Christmas. And the teacher's telling them about Jesus, and she's talking about Mary and Joseph in the manger. And they couldn't find anywhere safe to have the baby. And she mentions that Mary and Joseph were Jews. And Sven, the kid, he starts talking. He's, you know, five or whatever. And he says, they could come to our basement. And the nun who's teaching just stops, just frozen hearing that, looking at the kid, at Sven. So later the police come to Sven's house. They found a family in the basement. Jewish, you know, obviously. Oh, wow. They took Sven's father and his older brother out uh, into the trees by his house, and they shot them. Sven and his mom and his three sisters ended up in a work camp. For a while, one of his sisters died there. Sven got transferred a few more times. He didn't see what happened to his mother or sisters. Eventually, he went to the showers at Buckingham. After he, had, uh, he was older, he had a few years. He was seven or something. But the gas didn't kill him. No. No, he died in the pile beneath the pile of people trying to get out. Yeesh. And they let the gas in, and everyone was climbing each other on each, making a pile. Sven was at the bottom. So, yeah, Granny, she'd tell that story, and then she'd say, Merry Christmas. Yeesh. And Bart is just falling back asleep while he's telling the story. Yeah, that's rough. And he's just sitting there like, uh, you know, pardon my friend. He's just sitting there just like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Like he's trying to process it all as he just kind of rolls over. Um, he gets back up, and we can tell that Scott's obviously trying to process everything that he happened with Granny and everything with the war. And by the way, he still has the bandages on his wrist. He still has the bandages stuff. on. Yeah. Like he's still processing. Like this is all going on not too long from the yeah. you know, attempted self harm right, from right, Oberon. Right, right. Like he's dealing with a lot mentally right now. We don't know what's all real, what's not, because uh, Granny Goodness told him that no, I've been helping High Father Orion sent you here to die. Yeah, like, yeah, it kind of screwed up his, his yeah. view on things. So he takes some medicine and he goes and he pours himself some milk and he sits down on the couch. And as he's sitting there, that's Forager. Uh huh. That's one of the bug people. And Forager just tells him, Orion doesn't know I'm here. So it doesn't show him coming in. No. He, he just, just like sits like he, appears. Yeah, he just appears. Yeah. And he's like, I'm on leave. Scott just tells him, I'm on leave from the war. This part right here, this scene to me, 
was very relatable in a sense of just, cause I think we've all been there of where you hit a moment of where either in your depression or anxiety or just the way life is going, where you're so kind of transfixed on what you're thinking and what's going on that you just not even on purpose, but everything around you just doesn't, you know, yeah. just doesn't resonate. And that's what yeah. this scene is. And it's done so well. And he's like, I'm on leave from the war. And Forger goes, well, how's that working out? And he goes, you know, or he goes, you know how it is, Forger. Whatever happens, you know, it's still, I still got to make a living. I got to escape show in the morning. Like, I mm-hmm. just got to do. Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, you're breaking out of something? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I am. It's just some small talk between the two of them. And he goes, can I help you with something? Like, you know, uh, you want to drink? And then Forger just says, six and a half million of my people, the bugs, have already died in this war. Uh, fighting, it's, I'll also point out it was interesting, six and a half million since we talked the story before, yeah, it's yeah. the same number. Yeah, I made that. Yeah, so I think there's kind of, they're running a correlation of making you think of, or at least being able to try to be like, oh, Ryan's kind of looking a little. Yeah. Because he says, fighting for your people. Right. Like six point my six point five million of my people have died fighting for your people. Yeah. Orion ordered their deaths purposely ordered them to die before the gods. And he and Scott's just like, yeah, I need more milk. Like he's just not paying attention to any of this. And he's like, well, if that's the problem, why don't you say anything about it? And he's like, we did. We sent our queen. May she ever breed, which is a weird kind of thing for that to be their phrase. May but, she ever breed. Yeah. Wow. Goes, we sent our queen. May she ever breed. Uh, and he goes, and he had her, and he pauses, and he's like, he had her executed for treason. Like, we went to have her yeah. say something. Yeah. And he goes, no, I would have heard something if that, if, I would have heard about that if that happened. And Forger looks at him and goes, this is me telling you about it, Scott. Mm. Um, and so while they're there, he goes, well, what do you want me to do about it? He goes, you're a general. He goes, you have, or he goes, we admire you. He goes, I know that of all the generals, you're the one who uh, the least, you know, you've looked out for my people. You have the least amount of deaths for the bug people. Mm-hmm. You care about us just like everybody else. We're equals as you. We won't fight for Oran. We will fight for you. It's mm-hmm. like what he's essentially telling him there. He's yeah. like, General Free, Mr. Miracle, the bugs will no longer follow Oran in the war. We will follow you. And he goes, wherever you will take us. And he's like, oh, come on, I can't think about this. If you're following me, you're following Orion. Like, that's what he tells him. Yeah. And he goes, if we're following you, then Orion's dead. And about that time, a boom tube pops open. And Forger's there. I'm sorry, Forger. And Light Ray's there. And he goes, Forger. And Forger can already tell that things aren't going good. Yeah, sure. And Light Ray just says, by the orders of the High Father, as Forger's reaching out for Scott one last time, just Mr. Miracle. And Light Ray just obliterates Forger right there mm. for treason. Uh, and Scott just looks at it, and all he gets out of him is just a Jesus. And he's then he just, just drinks like a, his milk. He's just like a smoking pile. Yeah, and he just drinks his milk. And he's like, yeah. Light Ray's like, Motherbox, New Genesis, please. Like, he's just telling him he's about to leave back. And Scott just goes, what he said about Orion fighting that, Ray, that way, is that true? And Light Ray's just eventually is like, uh, the bug was specifically instructed not to talk to you. So he violated his instruction. He accepted the consequences. And Scott's like, yeah, 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 I get that. But was what he said true? Yeah. And all Light Ray says is, don't be stupid, Scott. And then mm. leaves. So it's one of two things. Either don't be stupid and think that that's really what happened or yeah, yeah. don't question that. Yeah. So we have... And I think it's ba- probably the latter. It is. Yeah. And so it's him just staring off and he finishes off his glass as he looks at the cup again and just holds it up and goes, Merry Christmas. Mm. To tie it all together. So... 
they go and they get back in bed and Scott is obviously feeling the whole dark side is thing. Cause he goes, everyone says that, but what does it mean? I bet it doesn't mean anything. Like he's just sitting there thinking to himself, people just thinks it sounds cool. Like he's just kind of, as he, as he drifts off to sleep, um, we get a new trap that he's escaping from. It's him being dropped from the middle of nowhere that he's able to, you know, yeah. Kind of break free they from put him it's in a him box. Doing his, they drop yeah. him off the thing. Um, sure. Then Scott and Barta go to have lunch somewhere. Scott wearing the Batman shirt. Yep, there's the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so while they're sitting there, and like he's telling Barta, he's like, "Hey," uh, or Barta tells him, "Like Orion wants us back early. He called when you were performing." And Scott like stops her and he's like, "It's not performing. I'm escaping. Like I'm an actual yeah. escape artist. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a trick." And she's like, "Scott." Who are you arguing with? Like, I know what you do is escaping. He's like, no, no, no. Like, he's he's invading on me. Like, I, he's doing this thing. And he goes, yeah, he just said, that, he said Darkseid stopped the invasion because he's weak. So this is as good of time as any for us to kind of, you know, our, each army to go back at it. He's like, yeah, okay. I'm just, you know, what I do is I escape. And she's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Like, it's him trying to convince her now mm-hmm. that he's still just as good at what mm-hmm. he is before. Mm-hmm. They have a moment, and this is just kind of sad, where he tells her, he's like, I, I have to talk to him, like to Orion. Uh, he goes, after Highfather and what Granny said, and you've seen him, like something's wrong with him. With Forge, like something's wrong with Orion. And she grabs his hand, and she's like, Scott, please. And he's like, there's something wrong with me. Like I know there's something wrong with me. And she goes, I know, and we're going to fight this together. I promise, but after the war. Like we're going to deal with this. But after we're done with this and it's kind of a sad moment, but it's done really well here with the mm-hmm. pictures of it's him literally reaching out it's to just her hands. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But it's him literally reaching out to her, her kind of brushing him off mm-hmm. and then him pulling back. Mm-hmm. And it's just told so great there in three panels. Yeah. But he just kind of goes back to eating, trying to deal with this when they're approached by a fan. She's like, Oh, it's all of you. I want to be in the picture. And so it's like a cute little fan moment of them you know, taking a picture with one of his fans. Kind yeah. Of uh, we go to see, we get Funky for the first time in our oh book boy. as we're about to close it out. These are our last four pages. Yeah. And Funky comes in and goes, and now Funky Flashman proudly presents the X-Pit, ex- the X-Pit Executioner, the granny goodness gutter, everyone's favorite escape artist, sensational scot-free Mr. Miracle, like in typical Funky mm-hmm. yeah. bravado. And he looks back. And Scott's just still like kind of peeking around the corner and he's like, that's your cue, kid. Get out here. Wow. And it's just a funny little thing. Yeah. Um, That's very Stanley. uh, Orion tells him to clear the room that he wants to talk to General Free alone. And so he asks Scott, like, where's Barda? And he goes, well, she's prepping the armies. And he goes, well, shouldn't you be prepping your army? And he goes, Orion, he's like, he's come to kind of talk to him because he realizes that everything that Granny told him like, obviously, something doesn't seem right. What Forger told, like, there's something wrong with Orion. Right. But more importantly, he feels like there's something wrong with him, too. Sure. So they got to figure out what this is if they're going to be able to battle and, you know, mm-hmm. win the war. So he tells me, he's like, Father said that Dark Side has the anti life equation. Okay. And I've been, like, I think maybe inside me, like, maybe it made me cut myself. Like, mm. maybe that's why, like, Dark Side affected me. And that's what this is. He's like, I don't. What I need to know is, and what I'm trying to say is just, I don't know, like maybe if it got to me, like maybe it got to you too. Like maybe this yeah, is what he's doing. Yeah, sure. 
And he goes, I, I have you. I mean, Orion, I guess, do you, do you think that it could be inside of you too? Like, you think it could be bothering yeah. us? Yeah. And it's just Orion staring out into the glass, like in the mirrors here. And he just asks him, have you seen the face of God? <laughs> and Scott's like, what? And he turns around and Orion like swings at him. And he like, Scott tries to get out of the way. And he's like, Orion. And he goes, I asked you a question. I think after all this time, you would have the courtesy to respond to your high father. And he's like swinging, yeah. punching at Scott while he's yeah. doing this as Scott is trying to dodge out of the way. And he's like, stop, stop. What are you doing? I'm just trying to, he's like, do I need to repeat myself, general? Did you not hear me? Should I say it louder? And he's just beating the mess out of Scott while he's doing this because we kind of talked, it is, we kind of talked about Scott a little bit. Barda is the one who takes care of Scott more mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. out of the two of them, Orion is the more like physical, like he's the stronger of the two. Mm-hmm. Scott has, for lack of a better term, even having to put up with a lot of BS, Scott has the bigger heart out of the two. And so he's less likely to do stuff like this. So it makes sense that he would try to avoid this. But Orion is just pummeling him. And he's like, have you ever seen the face of God? And Scott's just like, I don't. And he just slams his foot down into his face. Like, mm-hmm. he is just giving it to him. And he's like, I have, Scott. I have witnessed the divine. And it helped me, brother. Oh, and it will help you, too. Like, he's having this moment of just beating the mess out of Scott while just, you know, uh, oh, what is it? monologuing this to him. He goes, mm-hmm. look at me, brother. And Scott tells him, you're not my brother, as he's sitting there choking him. Yeah. And he goes, see me. See, uh, this is the face of God. And that's how it goes. Is he just takes his helmet out to stand over Scott. And the beauty that they do here is they have the VHS kind of take over the effect. So you can see how Orion's face almost looks dark sidian in a way. And it's just trying to show you how just like the deep down inner core of Orion is evil, man. Like something has gotten to him and something has affected how he is. And you can just see even that's how his appearance is. That that's obviously not what he is. Like he's just yeah. Orion the person yeah, yeah. has been gotten to. But then we get the cheerful Kirby, you know, has Dr. Bedlam with the aid of the paranoid pill devised the perfect trap for Mr. Miracle. It just fits so yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that'll be where we stop and we'll go ahead and save issues huh. three or sorry, excuse me, issues four, five, and six for next week's issue. That's a beautiful comic. Oh, it is. I it absolutely is. love gorgeous. it. Yeah. Um, but we'll get into it a bit more than next week and continue to story there. But yep, that is part one of it always, four. I just felt it would be easier for us to kind of spend a little bit more time and stretch yeah, it out that way yeah. instead of just diving in. No, it always amazes me when <clears throat> they can tell such a, um, intricate story you know a lot of moving pieces here mm-hmm. and that's just the thing through drawing and is you know panels this, and this stuff. story will take place i think we time jump a little bit later yeah sure um but like there's things here we're gonna get to it and i'll tease you a little bit for next one but like there's things that are subtly done like funky flashman gets hit by barda's cosmic rod right mm-hmm. in front of the cover of mr miracle number one yeah like there's little small nods like that yeah um there's also some more later on um where the reconciliation that's really sweet between the two that will probably tear me get me to tear up just because i'm always full of emotions but i do love how one of the other little kirby kind of uh easter eggs and all of this is in their apartment mm-hmm. the first cover of 
Mr. Miracle. Mr. Miracle. Yeah, it's framed, is framed on the wall. and it's yeah. like it's just like a like a tour poster. Yeah. But that's how it is in all of them. Yeah. So there's things like that. It's really cool. Oh, when they go and Very they visit, cool. I guess I'll save some of this too for later. Kirby comes up exactly. But they go and they like visit Oberon's grave. And there's a part. Oh, yeah, we get some sexy time coming up too. Uh oh. To but like Oberon's grave has the last name Kurtzberg, which is Kirby's last Kirby's name. There's last things name. like that. Yeah. Um, but we'll That's get cool. to a lot more of that. But yeah, so that is the beginning of Mr. Miracle. Huh. Well, I, I, had, I had no clue. Yeah. I didn't know anything about this going in. Um, kind of the point of the show. Yeah. But um, it's so deep for like a DC comic. You it is. Know? And I that's, mean, that's the thing, too. Is and I guess DC has always been a little more deep. Uh, they can, a little depends, more brooding. It, it depends more. on what it was. The story behind this, and I'll just tell it now because I always thought it was so cool, is Tom King and Mitch Gerards had been working on a Batman book. Uh-huh. was um, ended up being really, you know, comic book fans will know that there was a story done called The War of Jokes and Riddles okay. that was used as the main Batman story. Like, the two of them were just going to do it as kind of like an offshoot Batman story by itself. Well, DC liked it so much that they were like, hey, guess what? We're going to take that story and we're going to put it on the main run of your Batman run then. And Tom King's like, oh, okay, that is really cool, but what am I going to do with Mitch now? Like, because we're going to have, they were like, we'll just have the... <laughs> person who does Batman draw it. He's like, well, what am I going to have Mitch do? I'm like, oh, well, y'all come up with something. And Tom's like, so our Mitch tells the story where, like, Tom called and is like, hey, that book got picked up. We got to find something else. I don't know. What do you want to do? And Mitch goes, this is going to sound so weird, but, like, Batman was my end-all, be-all. The only other thing that even kind of comes close to something I would really feel passionate about working on would be Mr. Miracle. Mm. And he was like, I didn't think anybody would say anything because he's such a small character. He goes, there was silence on the other end of the line. And Tom goes, have you talked to anybody? And Mitch goes, no, why? He goes, that's exactly why I'm calling you. Mm. So it was like both of them just had, for some reason, connected on the character. And it just works so well. And to me, like, this is just, I've said it before. um, I read a lot of comics. Yeah. um, Just because I've always liked the genre or the medium. Sure. But there is nothing that has come close to this for me. Wow. Um, there's some there's some reviews on the back of this thing that are, are amazing. You, you never see this with a comic. Uh, Hollywood Reporter, Vulture, GQ, Wired. You, you never see that from from those type. GQ, for real? You know what I mean? I well, mean, that's... It's also... Well, even it Vulture. Is, yeah, it's the... Uh, yeah, Eisner Award. Eisner Award for yeah. Best Writer and Best Artist. So they yeah, want, like, a clean amazing. sweep that year. Beautiful. Um, yeah, so we will get into the rest of this as the story just keeps being awesome. Um, but there you go. So that's part one. Next week, part two, and then part three, and then part four. That was so great, man. It's, it's going to be the month of January. Yeah, but I'm then in February, I already have... I'll tell you this, Mike. I already went ahead and downloaded a crap ton of old romance comics. Wonderful. So I can just read through and I'm going to put together, I'm going to find some doozies for us for Valentine's Day. That sounds good. For us to get forward to for that. Cause so this will be a little bit more serious, but we are going to have fun, ridiculous stuff coming up then too, to clean our palate after this. Yeah. Um, But there you go. That's really good, man. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I, again, always impressed with the, the, depth of your well, research you. and stuff i appreciate it that'll do it for us for this week um as always make sure to check out rogue media network and the rogue media network family of podcasts roguemedianetwork.com and until next week stay safe everybody hey golly con frozen frozen heroes 
gonna tell you about pros and foes and heroes. Gonna tell you about. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.